The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon and welcome to America's Web Radio. And it's time now for... Remembering the Doctor's Lounge Show with Doctor Hal, Desert Shield, and Desert Star. Welcome back into the Doctor's um, Lounge. I am your. We have a couple of customs that we do on our shows like this, and one is that we start out with with the information moment of silent prayer for all of our veterans that have across the country in Doctor's Lounges sacrificed so much and. uh, the put their lives Dr. on the Patient line. Care Foundation is the founder. All of our active duty folks sorry, of, of that are out there right now Dr. protecting Lounge. us, and, and uh, the we'll Dr. be back Lounge. in just a on minute the after we talk about the issues. Silent in prayer. We've got our hosts on the line. You your family, so that Lieutenant you Colonel Retired Philip Parsberg. So we'll needs. be back with Philip in Dr. just a Patient moment. Care Foundation is the only physician-led healthcare think tank in the country. And we need your support. I ask for this each time I do the show. And I really want to thank those of you who do listen and who... Amen, and uh, thank you for all of our veterans that are around the world and have given so much and would give more if called upon, and it, it's just an incredible group. We also do one other thing, and we like to make sure that everybody's heart is beating, and this used to uh, get me going, so we'll be back right after this. You can do it. You can do it. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. He can hang. He can hang. Young man. Young man. He can hang. He can hang. Feels good. Feels good. So good. So good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pick him up. Pick him up. Put him down. Put him down. First the left. First the left. Then the right. Then the right. Out of sight. Out of sight. Dynamite. Dynamite. Drill sort. Drill sort. Leading the way. Leading the way. Lock your shoulder. Okay, well, we got our Jody going there, and everybody is feeling good, and uh, 
ready for a remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And it's important that we do that because, you know, that's in many ways that's all a veteran has is memories. And uh, I want to remind everybody to take out their pen and paper and uh, Philip Farsberg is probably one of the historians, a historian's historian. Maybe that's a way to put it, but we appreciate all the information he has stored up in his head and passes it on to us and corrects me many times when I get my historical facts mixed up, which I do on occasion. And... uh but Phil can straighten me out real fast. So with that being said, good afternoon, Phil. Good afternoon, David. I hope, uh, I hope you're well. I hope your uh, audience, uh, all our listeners are doing well today. And, uh, you know, it's uh, there's definitely a touch of fall in the air here. So we're looking forward to um, the next season and... Uh, Maybe even getting some rain here in Atlanta. Who knows? But uh, we've got a, a good show planned for our folks today and talking about Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And, um, you know, I we've sort of steered clear of this, Phil, but I... I got to ask your opinion and... I was watching Biden in his make-believe press conference uh, yesterday, and he had some brass sitting behind him, and I was just thinking, I wonder what they were thinking as far as follow me. And, you know, it, it was really a sad moment for our country and for Biden that uh, he shouldn't have been at the podium at all. And we can't... What are our adversaries thinking of this right now? And that's a scary thought that uh, they're seeing the same thing that we're seeing, and uh, we're seeing an empty shell, and as I was talking to Brett today here at the office, uh, the more he tries to get out of whatever he's just gotten into, he just digs his hole deeper. And uh, it's very sad. And what kind of damage do you think he's doing to our country right now, Phil? Well, I can tell you that I am. I'm pretty much hoping that it's not irreparable damage. But, uh, you know, it, he, he's certainly working with both hands and both feet to uh, destroy our republic. Uh, you know, when we suddenly cut and run from Afghanistan, I'm not sure if people really understand the implications of that. Um, the first thing is it caused our uh, our friends to distrust us and our enemies uh, not to fear us or have hold us in contempt. The uh, 
there's a great deal of mineral wealth in Afghanistan. Uh, it's not the reason we were there. But as soon as we were gone, the, uh, the Afghan uh, Taliban government began to uh, ink deals with the Chinese, giving them uh, access to the vast deposits of lithium that are in uh, Afghanistan. And now, <clears throat> with uh, Joe Biden's uh, misguided energy policy, uh, he is destroying the American automobile industry, even though he pretends to be with the workers, uh, and he's enriching the Chinese by mandating all these electric vehicles. He, he talked about making mandatory all military vehicles in the U.S. Department of Defense being electric. And that is the most absurd thing I could ever think of. Uh, you know, there's just no way a rational person could think that that would ever work. There's just no way. Well, if he succeeds, then the Chinese could flip a switch and disable all of our vehicles. And uh, who, do you think, who do you think would really benefit from that? That's who he's working for. Oh, China and Russia are communist adversaries and uh, are, and North Korea. They all hate us, and they would be the ones that benefited. And don't forget Iran. And Iran, I'm sorry. And, uh, and as they were taking advantage of us, they would have to stop laughing long enough to do it. Yeah, um, there would be quite a bit of uh, side-splitting laughter from the other side of the planet. Uh, I gotta say, I try not to dwell on it too much. You know, I uh, I like to tell you a little bit about what I did on Friday, David. Um, I. Uh, I worked a claim, and I'm a service officer with disabled American veterans. I worked a claim for a uh, Vietnam veteran. This fellow was a, uh, <clears throat> he was a, uh, a loach pilot, which is an OH-6 uh, that they used in Vietnam. 1968, he was a loach pilot there, 19 years old. Uh, they would not allow you to be a loach pilot if you were married. That's the, the level of danger that you have in there. And of course, the uh, uh, it, this uh, partic particular individual had won the uh, the Distinguished Flying Cross and many air medals uh, for his service. Uh, he came back from, from Vietnam, was attack officer for the warrant officer candidate to Fort Walters, Texas, and then... Um, when they were throwing everybody out at the end of the Vietnam War, they offered him a commission in the Signal Corps. So he went in as a signal lieutenant and uh, made it all the way to 06, colonel, and uh, retired from the Army with 30-plus years. He was in very good health until about a year ago 
and suddenly uh, <clears throat> began a precipitous uh, decline in health. He was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. I filed his claim last July, but uh, in just last month he passed away. And so <clears throat> on the uh, on yesterday, on the 29th of September, um, I attended his uh, uh, ceremony, flag ceremony at uh, at the Georgia National Cemetery in Camp. Um, the Georgia National Guard provided a detail, and uh, uh, the Casualty Assistance Office from uh, Fort Moore, formerly Fort Benning, sent up uh, a lieutenant colonel to do the presentation of the flag. But uh, this particular veteran's widow uh, had requested that I do the presentation of the flag, so I had to go buy myself a, a pair of uh, white gloves for the occasion and dust off my uh, dress blues and uh, so I was there I asked I asked the colonel from from Fort Moore to come up anyway to be a backup in case I messed things up I'd never done this before but uh, but I had the occasion to do this um, and it was a great honor to me and uh, this veteran's widow was uh, was very appreciative of uh, uh, what I had thought of to see me there to give, you know, through her tears she gave me a great big smile when she finally realized it was me. Um, <clears throat> but we have a little, you know, speech that we're supposed to say, you know, if you've ever witnessed this or seen movies like The Gardens of Stone or whatever, you'll see that an officer presents the folded, the three-corner folded flag to the uh, next can and, uh, and this is what I had to say. This is what they're supposed to say. Uh, on behalf of the President of the United States, the United States Army, the, uh, and a grateful nation, please accept this flag as a symbol of your loved one's honorable and faithful service. And it was <clears throat> a little difficult for me to choke that out, but I, but I did. Um, and, of course... If the if veteran is from some other service, he wouldn't say United States Army, say whatever service they had been in. But it was a great honor to be asked to do that. And, uh, yeah, so that's what I did on uh, Friday. Wow. All I can think about is when you got through with that, you had to be exhausted, utterly drained from stem to stern. Yeah, it was uh, it was somewhat exhausting emotionally, but uh, you know, it was great to be there, to be wearing the uniform again, and to see, uh, you know the bugler that was set up from the uh, Georgia uh, Army National Guard uh, 116th Army Band came played taps beautifully um, the uh, post 42 of the uh, American Legion from <clears throat> Cartersville, Georgia provided the uh, firing uh, squad honor guard 
um, this particular vet had been cremated, so his remains were in a box. Uh, and uh, but the uh, Georgia uh, National Guard, uh, the Honor Guard, they sent up there did a, a ceremony where they took the uh, the folded flag, unfolded it, presented it to the audience in in a fashion that's prescribed by protocol, and then refolded the flag. Um, you know, the, the NCIC presented me with the flag when he handed it to me. Uh, well, he brought it to me, and I, I saluted the flag, and then I accepted the flag. And then uh, <clears throat> he uh, saluted the flag, and that's then I presented it uh, to the widow. It was uh, it, it was uh, kind of emotionally exhausting, but you know, uh, the veteran's nephew showed up, and this fellow was an E8. Uh, He's from the. Uh, from the uh, 101st Airborne Division. He's uh, a master sergeant in uh, one of the engineer battalions in the 101st. And, uh, you know, uh, and he was looking fantastic. He had his, uh, you know, of course, his blues with his uh, jump boots and his uh, pants bloused in his boots. And, uh, just uh, uh, what a wonderful guy. I noticed he had a, a, a combat uh, patch where he had served with the uh, with the first cab division, um, and was uh, he was a great guy. And I had quite a lot of time to talk to the uh, lieutenant colonel they had sent up from Fort Moore, um, and uh, I talked to him about the benefits he's earned through his service. And, uh, and how to get those benefits. So, and you know, I'm always doing that, David. Whenever I'm around veterans, I'm always talking to them about the the, the benefits that they've earned through their service and, and how to uh, secure these benefits. Phil, was there? A, I can't imagine. Was there a dry eye left in the crowd? Everybody was, uh, yeah, everybody was pretty much letting the tears flow. Uh, I, I, uh, but it was good. It was, it was, it was so honorable. Um, the only regret I had was that when I, uh, presented the flag, I had to say on behalf of a very dishonorable president, yeah. in my opinion. But uh, other than that, it was quite honorable. Hmm. You know, and this is strictly my opinion, but just like this gentleman... We're losing the best of the best, but we've still got a lot of best behind us that are coming along and will be the best because 
our country is the best. Even with horrendous poor leadership, we're still the best in the world. And, you know, I've said this in many occasions on this show and on some of our other shows. I I can't address what other nations do in honoring their soldiers and their people that have fought for their countries. But I think we do the best job of any country in the world in showing our appreciation and our our send-off to our hero veterans. And, you know, they're... We, we have to keep honoring our veterans, and I know you do a super job of this as well, and that's honoring our veteran families. Um, this gentleman's wife is hurting and going through times that she never anticipated, and as an individual... And as a country, we have to stand beside her. And if they had children, we have to stand beside their children. Um, yes, David, and uh, and the widow uh, will, because we're going to uh, get her filed for what they call accrued benefits. So they hadn't they hadn't paid anything on. Uh, this particular veteran's claim because it had only been filed in uh, in July, so uh, it wasn't the time for them to completely adjudicate it. But we will, uh, I will get the uh, accrued benefits. In other words, what what he would have been paid had he survived, I will get that paid to uh, the widow. And in addition, uh, we will. Uh, be filing for dependency indemnity compensation. So she should receive, uh, uh, you know, a check from the VA for the rest of her life because uh, her husband passed away from a service-connected condition, which is to say, uh, in his case, it was Parkinson's that got him. And Parkinson's has been shown to be the result of exposure to uh, Agent Orange so it's on the presumptive list. Um, so if he has records to indicate that he served in Vietnam or a number of other places that are on the list, uh, which he did, uh, then <clears throat> he's entitled to uh, compensation if he has one of the conditions uh, that are listed as presumptive for Agent Orange. In this case, Parkinson's uh, took his life, and so uh, she'll be entitled to dependency and deputy compensation. Phil, I have to, uh, I have to salute you for the job that you do, and I know 
just from knowing you that uh, each case is an individual case and you take it and you fight it like that and you're just a wonderful wonderful officer and gentleman well and our country's proud of you well um, I try to be worthy of that um you know, uh, and I just got word um, Saturday that uh, uh, one of the fellows that I claimed and made a claim for with the VA just made it to uh, 100% service-connected disability. And, and this is important for people to know, David, that, uh, you know, this fellow, when I asked him, I try to cover all the conditions that might be related to his service, this young man had joined the Marine Corps, and uh, so I asked him, you know, do, can we can we do, uh, do you have hearing loss or uh, tinnitus, which is the ring in the ears, uh, from exposure to small arms fire or whatever? You know, he said to me, uh, they said, I got sick the day before we were supposed to go to the range for the first time. This particular individual condition was that he had gone to, to training, basic training with, with the Marines, and uh, somewhere out there, uh, I think it was, uh, uh, oh, this place up in North Carolina um, where they sent him for basic training, he uh <clears throat> he had gotten bitten by a mosquito and wound up with a very bad case of encephalitis, which did very permanent damage to him. And uh, so just amassing all the uh, conditions that resulted from uh, from this encephalitis. Uh, so, <clears throat> you know, here's a guy who never got a DD-214 because he didn't serve 180 days. But uh, he's eligible for uh, compensation for the things, you know, that his service only over a couple of weeks, um, you know, these things that, that will permanently impact him for the rest of his life, uh, he's uh, eligible for compensation for that. And uh, that's good. You know, when these guys go to do very dangerous things in very dangerous areas, there is no workman's comp for them. There's no workman's comp. There's no OSHA. You know, um, we send them into places, very dangerous places, uh, in some cases to, uh, you know, to uh, kill or possibly be killed. So, you know, you can't have, you ain't going to have workman's comp covering that. So that's, that's the function of VA benefits, disability benefits, is you know, to make <clears throat> to make our servicemen and women whole if they get injured doing this, you know, dangerous job that, that we've given them. Um, and it's you know, it's in the law. It's not not charity. This is this is something to which they're entitled by the nature of their service. <clears throat> 
and I encourage all veterans to take advantage of these things. And you know, it's it's an enticement, David. It's not just a uh, uh, some sort of guilt thing. This is this is what we offer for young men and women who uh, volunteer to serve. That if you know if they're injured or disabled uh, in some way through because of the result of their service, then uh, then we will take care of them, and uh, we we owe them this. And you know that's part of the calculation that a young person has when they go into the service. They know that uh, if they get hurt, you know they're not just going to be yesterday's garbage to uh, to our nation. We're going to see that they are cared for. And you know, I, I guess a lot of folks probably don't understand or well if they haven't if they haven't served and gone through basic or AIT or whatever they don't understand that even no matter what your rank is or, or what what you have why you're there you're still like you said you're in a there's a lot of dangerous things in basic training there yeah, you throw hand grenades. You. Yes, exactly right. I was just about to say, what other uh, you know job training do you have where they teach you to throw, you know, a, a steel bomblet like that? Um, it's only going to be as far away from you as you can throw it when it explodes. <laughs> and it's and it's really you know you go and. I look back on my experience and, you know, realize that the sergeants that were in charge and the officers, generally lieutenants, they did everything possible. And I, I literally mean this, everything possible to make sure we were safe and to make sure that their, their training their portion of the training exercise turned out like it was supposed to. And, yeah. again, we and have... They're held responsible by the chain of command, you know, for the safety of their troops from your NCOs on up. And I, you know, we, we're part of the best. And the gentleman that gave his life was part of the best and will always be remembered as that and uh, that's why we do this show we 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 just can't forget anybody that served the navy army whatever it happens to be they served and you know, there's dangers at sea, there's dangers in the Marine, there's dangers as a pilot. There are all sorts of dangers in the military. And I think we do more than an incredible job of getting our 
soldiers and our people through what they go through. And everybody, when we have our moment of silence, everybody should be thanking God for the person, the the people that are serving and the people like yourself that have served and been away from your families. And it's just, you know, it's just all in all an amazing thing that has been put together. And we, and that's why we do this show. We can't ever, ever forget any, any war, any battle that a U.S. soldier has been in. No matter when or where it was, we can't ever forget it. And we can't let the wimps write it out of our history either. That would be absolutely horrendous. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, when I was in Desert Storm, Joe Biden was nothing but a two-bit uh, crooked senator from Delaware. But now, uh, now he's president of the United States. And still crooked. Oh, yeah, yeah. All the more. But, you know, what goes around comes around, and uh, he will... He will get his, as they say. So, anyway, uh, you know, and, and to to have a body and not have a mind, he's a shell of a man. So he's he's getting his as a living hell at this point, and. Uh, he can't escape what's going on in his head. Well, <clears throat> I can tell you that uh, there will be ultimate justice one day. Uh, it won't be at my hand <clears throat> or the hand of any man, but uh, there will be a judgment day. Those who spent their lives <clears throat> abusing people profiting illegally and uh, cheating system uh, betraying their you know when you talk about betraying a country you're, you're talking about betraying people millions of people people that do have an obligation to serve and uh, yeah I don't think God's going to hold a guilt much for that I was having a little trouble adjusting my microphone. Uh, okay. It will. It will come back, and all of the things will come back. And like you said, there will be a a time for judgment, and it's not our place to judge. 
It's the most powerful leader of the universe placed to judge. And it will happen. It will happen. Um, and I just, my concern personally is that, uh, you know, the leaders around the world are totally laughing at us that how could you do that? How, how could a country as wise and rewarded as the United States put in power somebody like a Biden? And that's a tough question to answer other than for the wokes that they don't have the answer. They don't have, they're as bad off as uh, Biden is. They just don't realize it. Well, you have a lot of people that think uh, there's no consequences to uh, to tricking people with their confidence game uh, scams. Um, but uh, we'll, uh, <clears throat> it will not accrue to their benefit. Well, you know, like you said, there are consequences, and uh, I may not be around to see them, but hopefully some of my family will, and, you know, many other people will, and it it's like a friend says, what goes around comes around, and and they will get theirs one way or the other. And it's, it's a shame. And, uh, you know, it was like, I always, I was certainly not an Obama supporter, but when he won, I thought, okay, this guy is slick. He's educated. He has an opportunity to be one of the greatest presidents the United States has ever had. And he blew it from day one. Instead of uniting, he divided. And if he's pulling the strings with Biden, he's doing the same thing. And uh, But thankfully, there are people that are waking up to what's going on. And I think that we will see several movements... If you want to call it back to the right, you can call it whatever you want to, conservatives, whatever. But I think we're beginning to see a movement that takes us back into the churches where we belong and back into a nation that gains respect again. Yeah, well, and when you mention church, David, I tell you... Uh the uh, finished work of the Lord Jesus is the reason that I don't fear judgment. And I would say to Joe Biden, if he's listening, there's still time to repent and uh, and be forgiven and escape judgment. And to anybody who's listening, consider it. This judgment day is coming. Well, there's a lot of super ministers and 
clergymen in the military and in the in the world today that are explaining where we're going at a rapid pace and if we don't turn around what's going to happen and uh, you know it's it's all in writing and it's all can be found right in front of us and all we can do as a lieutenant colonel retired and a E6 not retired just an old E6 we do what we can do. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> so, uh, and, you know, it, you're right about uh, some good clergy out there, but as my uh, brother in arms, brother in the faith, uh, uh, Dr. John Moeller would say, um, read your Bible. All right there. Everything you need is right there. Have uh, have you talked to Don lately? I have not. I have not. But I owe him a call. He and I need to go up to D.C. here in the not to the future get some things done on the hill. I, uh, he wasn't able to do his uh, call in the other day because of pressing business in uh, St. Louis. But um, I assume I will probably talk to him within the next day or two. And uh, he is an interesting person. And just a, a plea to any veteran, if you have PTSD and you're having trouble to trouble sleeping at night, there is Don Moeller, Dr. Don Moeller, has an answer for you and no drugs he is not only a dentist but he's also an MD and he's got this is his his product his stent has been 98% effective and I don't want you when I say stent he calls it a stent I call it a mouthpiece and um if it works, it works. I don't care what we call it. But if you have a friend or if it's you that's suffering from PTSD and you can't sleep, look Dr. Moeller up. And uh, he will take care of you. He's in uh, Columbus, Georgia. And uh, one of the nicest doctors that you'll ever meet. And knows what he's talking about, and uh, he has been faced with as many negatives as Donald Trump has been, but he too will overcome, and he will be. I think Don will go down in history. What about you, Phil? Yeah, I <clears throat> I think he uh, I think he will be. Uh, and I'm, I mean to be part of that uh, when I get him up on Capitol Hill and we start um, making things known because um, uh, I have seen firsthand the results of his uh, his work uh, the, this device that he has 
uh, has really fantastic results. <clears throat> Do you think you'll be able to get him to talk? Yeah. I might, my question is whether I'm going to be able to get him to finish. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he knows what he's talking about, and, uh, and he's not afraid to tell people uh, what they really need to know. You know, that's, that's something that um, you can tell when a guy knows what he's talking about with the excitement in his voice and, you know, just just the confidence of knowing that this is 98% effective. I've got thousands that I've used this on. I'm talking for Don, that I've used this on and it's worked. Why, did, why isn't every veteran with PTSD and a sleeping problem, why are they not using Don Moeller's product? You can ask your VA because, pal, they're screwing you over. They are not giving you... You signed a contract. You're a veteran, and you deserve to get what you were promised, and the VA is not giving it to you. And Don Moeller and Philip Farsberg are going to fight to the end and get what you all deserve. We'll do what we can. We'll fix it by and by. Um, Don, uh, Don has the technical knowledge, and I think I have the administrative skills to get this, his message across to where it can be most effective. And I'm I'm just proud to know both of you. Well, that's you know, that's my contribution. David, you did connect us. Well, that was the easy part, and uh, I'm just proud to know both of you. And and I can call anybody anywhere and say, I know Lieutenant. Well, both of your Lieutenant Colonels retired. I know two Lieutenant Colonels that are retired. Philip Forsberg and Dr. Don Muller and they are going to set the world on fire and I know them I'll tell you a story when I was talking to Don and I think uh, he called me a colonel and I I sort of corrected him I said well you know actually Don is just a lieutenant colonel and uh he said, well, don't ever apologize for that. He said, that, that's the highest rank from whom you can ever expect an honest answer. <laughs> and I think what he means by that is, uh, you know, an observation that I had <clears throat> that, uh, you know, at our, at our most junior ranks, privates, corporals, sergeants, lieutenants, and captains even, <clears throat> we expect battlefield bravery. We expect them to uh, charge a machine gun nest or um, you know, go down to the depth of, of the ocean and, or, uh, or jump on a grenade to save their squad or something like that, but <clears throat> by the time these guys been on eagles and stars, uh, they lack all courage and they have nothing to lose but their career 
and uh, they seem just absolutely terrified to lose that. Whereas, you know, our young, brave troops are are not afraid to give their lives. And uh, there's a part of the Bible that says no greater than to give your life for your friend. No greater love hath man than to give his life for his friend. And you wonder how many times that has been proven in how many wars over the years. And, you know, I can, I think I could honestly say it started with the Revolutionary War and through the Civil War, through any war. No greater love hath man than to give his life for a friend. Well, I have confidence it'll never be disproven because I know who said it. Yes, sir. And uh, like I said, I feel like I know two rock stars, and uh, I just hope I live long enough that I can go up to, uh, oh, I see that you're a veteran. Well, let me tell you something. I know Lieutenant Colonel Forsberg and Lieutenant Colonel Muller. What do you know? Well, I know I use this device, and it makes me sleep at night. And I'll tell them they just won themselves a dinner. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, David. And, you know, we used to talk about uh, what's wrong and what needs to be fixed in our military. And there are many, many things. Um, But uh, I will say that uh, it's going to take brave and determined young men and women to make the changes uh, that are necessary uh, for us to have uh, our nation back. And so uh, I would encourage folks to be, uh, you know, especially young people. uh, And I know young people, you you didn't cause this problem. Uh, but it's going to have to be you to fix it. And so, uh, and if you're the parent of a young person, then you need to do your work, uh, in, uh, raising that young man, that young woman in such a way as they will be an asset in the future. They'll be part of the rebuilding process that we're going to have to go through for our nation. It ain't going to be easy. But... No, but you know, David, when I came in the Army, I was commissioned in 1982, and we still had lots and lots of problems uh, in our Army, and I would imagine similar in the the other armed forces uh, because of uh, the idiot president we had from 1977 to 1981 and uh, he did you know what many thought was irreparable damage 
but we were able to um, turn things around and uh, with great effort and uh, proper resourcing we were able to build up to uh, the level of what we deployed in Desert Shield and Desert Storm and uh, to accomplish that great victory uh, with all rapidity if you will. It can, it can be done, is what I'm saying. Absolutely. Absolutely, to, it can be done. It's going to take people who recognize, uh, the, first of all, the problem, and secondly, uh, that don't wither under the task. Well, you know, that's... <laughs> Again, because of our military, which uh, is the greatest in the world, that's why you have your buddy in the back, your buddy on the right, your buddy on the left. And if they all three have to get together and carry you, they will. And they won't let you let them down or the rest of your squad or platoon or company and we instill and I I marvel at it our military instills the theory of you gotta take care of your buddy and that's from day one help your buddy you know if he, if I'm short and uh, there were a lot of guys that were many inches taller than me, and many times, I, you know, didn't even know their name. But, hey, let me put that up for you, you know? And that's what you get in the military. When you're going over, when you're going over that uh, obstacle wall, you feel that hand reach down, grab you, and pull you over. Yep. Because it's not one person's success, it's your company's success, it's your battalion's success, it's the success of the whole. And, you know, nobody can fight a war by themselves. They have to have the buddy system. The very concept of an army is, you know, multiple moving parts, all, you know, striving for the same thing. Yes, sir. You know, and yeah. we. This is this is the sad part about, and I, I get very upset about this. Uh, only one percent of our eligible recruits ever join the military if that's not thumbing your nose at your country and what all your country has given to you I don't know what is and well I like to think it's the top one percent David well I think you're right uh, the best of the best So, 
Well, let me ask you this, David. How's your son doing? My son is doing fine. He's going to be moving to uh, Maxwell, Montgomery, oh, that'll, Alabama. That'll be close. I'm sure you'll be very thrilled about that. Yeah, he. Uh, this was not his first choice, but uh, that's where he's headed in uh, July, and he'll be there uh, probably a couple of years, and uh, he'll he'll get his uh, silver oak leaf, and then uh, hopefully he'll he'll get his uh, bird, and uh, and he should get his bird. Is he uh, is he going to the Air War College or the assignment to uh, Maxwell proper? Uh, just Maxwell proper for now, and uh, I think a little premature. He's only been in a few years, and uh, the, a little premature for him to be going to the the War College. I think, but uh, he'll be going, and uh, I hope his old man's around. To uh, pin the star on, because I have no doubt that he'll get he'll he'll have a star before he comes out. Well, and I would encourage you to uh, instill in him the uh, moral courage it's going to take to be a really excellent general. I have none of you. Well. Not to sound too braggadocious, but uh, he's an excellent officer and extremely well respected by his troops, or whatever they call him in the Air Force. And, um, you know, he's, uh, he's done well with his ranking officers, too. And uh, they know that when a job needs to be done, they can call on him, and he'll get it done. So I'm very, very proud of him. And uh, unfortunately, he didn't get that from his father. I'm not sure where he got it from. Maybe maybe my father, who was in the Navy, an uh, officer in the Navy. I know you, you're you the first to tell people that you, you didn't advance very far in your military career, but, uh, you know, uh, it, it doesn't, what you see in your son doesn't come from nothing. Oh, thank you, sir. I hate to say this, but it's time to put the plug in the jug. And uh, I'm even running on time, so... Philip, we will talk again next week. All right, David. Looking and, forward to it. And keeping people informed to remember Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And you'll hear this only on America's Web Radio. Take care, Phil. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.